Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. All right. In last week's episode, we had Brandon West on sharing his personal testimony. I'm thrilled to have him back again this week to share about his business. And he is the founder, owner, boss man, CEO. What's your official title, Brandon? So actually, uh, my boss gave me a, a retitle recently at Boast. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder, but most recently we changed my title to Chief Purpose Officer. My mission is to guard the mission and purpose of our agency. Now, when you said your boss, who's that? Uh, you could have the Christianese answer and say Jesus, um, but it was mostly a joke about myself. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's what's interesting about the, uh, a company, right? Like, what does God's ownership actually look like in a business? And that's been a journey for me to go on. But uh, we did decide recently together as a, as a collective leadership team that that was going to be the new title for my role. So for a little bit of review here, if you didn't hear last week's podcast episode, Brandon is the founder of Fos Creative, founded in 2013. Originally as West Designs, you transitioned to the name Fos Creative in the year... 2018. Fos is Greek for light. You're correct, man. Good job on your Greek, your Greek <sighs> quiz there. I can remember a little bit of it anyway. So, so Fos Creative was started as a web design business, and you were the only employee to begin with. But the Lord has, if you want to say, prospered your business through your hard work and through uh, making adjustments, et cetera. So tell us currently what's the status of the company in terms of size, employees, et cetera. Yeah. So started in 2013 uh, as West Designs. Made a lot of sense. Brandon West was doing design stuff. And so it was a fantastic, perfectly branded name for a company, but uh, very quickly, we were able to scale uh, six, seven, eight months in. I hired my first person. And um, a few weeks later, we had four people on the team. In fact, those four people were working out of a small home office, similar to what I'm sitting in right now, uh, when that when that happened. Four people in a small home office. Um, now on the team, we have 21 people. It is the largest team that we've ever had at FOS. Um, we're headquartered in Gainesville. We have about 2,600 square feet or so there. We're literally out of desk space. My desk is currently standing at the end unit of one of our desk pods in the open studio. Okay, great. And what is your average client? What, what's it look like? Who's your target audience or what type of businesses do you cater to? Yeah. We don't have any vertical specialization, so we work with clients from every industry, but our ideal client is a small and mid-sized business located in the U.S., making at least a million dollars in sales. Maybe they have no marketing team, and we're going to be their entire outsourced digital marketing team. Maybe they have one or two marketers on their team. Maybe they have a couple salespeople, and we're going to be providing sales enablement and really helping to drive their revenue funnel online. We love to work with clients who are like, hey, I think digital is important to my company, but I'm not really sure how. And we can walk in and rebrand and develop new systems and develop a verbal verbal and visual messaging strategy, develop a digital funnel online, and then implement that entire plan as well. So for a lot of companies, including churches, uh, we become that outsourced team for them. 
So for a person like myself, who this is, I, I would consider myself very much a lay person in this world that you're describing. Uh, you began by designing websites, and now you've expanded out to all that is goes into the presentation of your company through through the digital uh, world in the digital world as people access that company online. So it's just exactly. more than it's more than just a web design now. Well, that was the thing, right? You build a great logo, you build a great website. It kind of just floats out there in the ether. And so clients would come back to us initially early on in the company and they would say, hey, really love this logo, really love this website that you built for us. But we only had 10 people on the website last month. So at a 1% conversion ratio, we should get our first lead after 10 months. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so we immediately thought, hey, we're building these beautiful islands that kind of float in the middle of the ocean. The problem is there aren't any boats ferrying people out there. Nobody's selling any hot dogs. They're not selling entrance tickets into the amusement park. And so we very quickly in the company, probably about a year in, pivoted to say, we can't just design things that people love. We have to actually bring them there and show them that if, if, they, if they buy this, they'll be even happier. And so that's when we pivoted towards marketing. And eight, eight years ago, seven years ago, really the, the only thing that was going on in the digital marketing space was search engine optimization. How do you get found online when somebody types in keywords? And it was very, very hacky uh, sort of system that, it, that was in place about 10 years ago. And now there's much more of a robust digital funnel, different channels that people can be on to reach their audiences and to generate more success online. So you now, let me guess, that means you now have moved into helping companies utilize Instagram, other social media. Is that correct or not? Yeah. When we talk about channels online, we're talking about someone's website. We're talking about email. We're talking about SMS. We're talking about graphic design. We're talking about LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. The channels that our customers' customers are on, that's where we want to be. And that's where we want to be generating um, meaningful, relevant, authentic content for the clients that we work with. Excellent. So what else would I need to be asking you right now to get a, a, a good summary understanding of what your company is and what it does in terms of your space in the business world? If, you were, business if you were interviewing yourself right now, if you were interviewing yourself right now, what would I next be asking you to get the full picture before we pivot this conversation toward where's the Lord in all this? Mm. From a services perspective, what we're trying to help a client do is to figure out who is your audience? What is your purpose? What is your position in the market given your purpose and given your client? And from that strategic plan involving mission, vision, values, um, client segmentation and lifetime value analysis for client, that's when we're building out brand strategies and saying, this is what it sounds like when you reach these people. This is what it looks like when you reach these people. And here's what you should do on each of those channels. From there, we develop out those full systems, logo packages, brand identities, brand style guides, websites, microsites, landing pages, uh, printed material, um, ebooks and giveaways and infographics. And then from there, we're taking all of those systems and we're trying to drive qualified traffic, leads, and revenue online. Um, that's where inbound marketing comes into play. That's where getting found and building out a funnel becomes ultra important to someone's future growth. We like to think about it as we're getting married to clients, not just dating them. 
Um, so our mission as a company really involves this particular aspect of our client deliverables and our process when we think about relationships. Our mission as an agency is to be a company that our team members never want to leave, our clients can't do without, the world is better for, and in so doing, to exemplify the love of Jesus Christ. Excellent. And that's where we begin to pivot this conversation. So before we make that full pivot, if I just heard you correctly, so and this might be something new to my understanding in regard to your company, is that relationship. Company, you're, you're not just about building a website, you did the job, move on, try to find another client to build their website. You, you establish a relationship where that is ongoing, and so you're like a third party to them ongoingly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, think about it. If, if you didn't want to do all the digital marketing for the church that you are a senior pastor of, you would either hire someone internally or you would outsource that work. If you hired somebody internally, you would hire, you would hope that they could manage everything, probably due to, to budget constraints. So you'd hope that they would be the person who wrote all your emails to your clients, newsletters and sermon updates and things like that. You'd hope that they did all the graphic design for sermon series and for uh, new print pieces that you want to put out. You'd hope they'd be a content writer and maybe write content and blogs and emails and things like that. You'd hope that they could manage the website or build a new website. Basically, you would hope that they were a digital marketing unicorn, that they could do everything mm -hmm. that you could possibly imagine from a digital marketing standpoint. That's where we bring a lot of value to a client because instead of hiring one full-time person to your team, for about the same cost as like a senior marketing manager, we can come in with 21 people on our team and significantly expand potential and impact and quality and um, breadth of deliverables for a team. And because you have a team, they're experts in their areas, I'm assuming, instead of all five tool players, you, you provide we a much higher level of quality for your client instead of them hiring one person to try to do it all and be great in all of it. Full-time graphic designers, full-time web developers, full-time video photo people, full-time digital marketers who come on as someone's outsourced team with a client experience that makes it feel like you're you're just a part as a much a part of what we're doing as the person who sits next to me at my desk in the office. Excellent. All right, time for the pivot. Let's move this toward the spiritual realm. Well, what's what's so interesting is for us as an agency, what we're trying to do is eliminate the twilight that happens between sunrise and sunset for someone's faith. Like for us, it's the same. On the one hand, you could talk about our services, but even to your question earlier of like, tell me what else I would want to know if I was talking to you about your services. Like there's very little twilight between those, those two things, what you do and why you do it. Or in this case, a faith centered context. I, I could talk all day about what we do and our passion for digital marketing for small and mid-sized businesses in the U S but the truth is that we do that for the purpose of our mission, one, exemplifying the love of Jesus. But what we're trying to run is business as a ministry. We call it BAM, business as a ministry. And what a business as a ministry does is it has a target. It has a ministry person that they're trying to minister love to. For us, focusedly as an agency, all of those services that I just recounted to you are for this one purpose of reaching and restoring the lives of women and children impacted by extreme poverty and sex trafficking. Mm. Uh, and it's part of our journey to thread those two things together as closely as possible. What's interesting, from the beginning of the company, it has existed for the glory of God, but really only over the past two years 
have we really seen that the glory of God is most displayed effectively at FOS, not just through great services and great products and great customer experience, but through gospel-centered ministry being exported from the operations and the organizational development happening inside of the company. And that was remarkably well said, but it was also flying over a lot of our heads. So could you break that down even more, that, those last, that last paragraph of what you said, and put it in the simplest terms as possible for the average person out there that doesn't begin to see how do you take a company and what that looks like? What is that looking like tangibly? Yeah, I think we, we like to use words like Christian company. And the truth is there is no such thing as a Christian company. There's no such thing even as a Christian school. I described the faith-centered school in the first episode as, as a Christ-centered school or as a, as a Christian school because that's the, the best term that we have to describe it. But even when I was filling out the application to work at that Christian school, when asked, why do you want to work for a Christian school? I answered, there is no such thing as a Christian school. There's, the, there's no such thing as a Christian microphone that I'm using right now. There's no such thing as a, a Christian computer. There's no such thing as a Christian pencil. There are, at best, at best, companies run by Christians who choose intentionally to not, not just integrate faith, but operate from and love from a faith-centered and Christ-centered perspective. The way that we've broken this down as an agency at FOS is we've, we've identified what that care program, what that ministry program looks like, and for the people that we're trying to minister to. So we kind of have five big areas at FOS. Like, so we're saying business as a ministry, okay, cool. What's that look like and who is it for? Five big areas for us. We're trying to minister to and love on and lead our team members exceptionally well. But we actually see the second part, their families as being a part of that ministry matrix as well. And we're trying to minister and love on the families of the people who work for us. We're trying to do that third for the clients that we get to serve. We're trying to do that fourth for the vendors and suppliers that serve us as a company. And we're trying to do that the fifth way for our local and global community. And then for those five areas, we ask the question, how are we caring for them physically for their physical needs? How are we caring for them emotionally? And how are we caring for them spiritually? And those 15 cells then that would make up that, that care program is what we call our care matrix at FOS. That's phenomenal. Now, how do you track on that matrix? So two different ways. One, we have developed a care team at FOS. And this is really cool, right? As you scale a business, you're trying to delegate the right things away from you as a, as a CEO or as a founder or as a primary operator. And you're trying to focus on the things that you're most, most gifted and called to inside your organization. The cool thing is this care team that we have at FOS now, whose mission is not just to fulfill the care ministry of FOS, but to create a culture of care and love and ministry in the whole team is managing this care plan at close and almost with my hands completely off of the system. But the cool thing is as well, what we've decided is if we're going to track key performance indicators, KPIs, related to the production of the company, the revenue generation of the company, the marketing of the company, the organization of the company, then why would we not do the same exact thing with our ministry? initiatives at FOS. And so we have an entire scorecard on the team dedicated just towards ministry key performance indicators. About six months ago, we rolled out something really new and exciting though at FOS. After about a year, year and a half of trying to ask this question, how can we visualize what we've done? 
not just put it in a scorecard, not just have a couple people checking on this, this each day or each week, but how can we put it into the hands of our people so they're physically seeing the impact that we're having with our ministry. And at our eight-year anniversary celebration this year at FOST, I unveiled to the team the FOST light wall. It took us six months of planning and design and engineering for us to be able to finalize what this looks like. It's 10 feet wide, about five feet tall, a couple inches deep, and it has 267 light bulb sockets inside of it. And it spells out the word light. And each of those, those, bulb, those sockets, eventually what we do is we turn on a bulb for a mission moment. And then someone signs a journal beneath it, enumerating and memorializing what happened when that bulb was turned on. It's five things to turn on a bulb. Either a new team member joins, a new client joins, a new child is sponsored through Compassion International. Someone starts their relationship with Jesus on the team or outside of it as a result of our ministry or anything else deemed worthy of fulfilling our mission. And only after three or four months here of having it in place, we've already turned on 85 light bulbs. Wow. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. How does that make you feel as the founder of the company? If you're enjoying this podcast, please share level. with your friends. Thanks. Yeah, Music on an emotional level, you know, you walk in each day and, and like, can we just Brett say like Ronnie, the default for business is to walk in, sit down, do your work and walk out. I call it work for work's sake. That's what the default is. We work in, we walk in, we do our work and we walk out. That's the default. But for purpose-driven leaders, we're trying to help people understand that there's a greater purpose behind the work that they do. And so to be able to walk in and see this light wall that's reminding us, hey, what you're doing is changing lives. Look at it right there. It's the first thing that automatically, we have it on a switch. It automatically turns on before anybody comes in. And once everybody leaves, it automatically turns off. It's the first thing on and the, and the last thing off every single day, reminding, glowing. It's bright. 267 volts. Things going to be lighting up. You're going to be able to see it from space inside of the post studio. Uh, how it makes me feel is grateful to be able to lead a team of people who actually believe in a mission that's worth working for and worth starting. Well, my friend, I'm going to have to cut in and welcome you to join us again next week for the conclusion of our interview with Brandon West as he has much more to share. In the meantime, we invite you to join a few of our Bible chats in between this episode and the conclusion of our interview with Brandon West. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.